0: Those three things are faith, hope, and love. And so, for a significant part of, of uh, the fall, we're going to be looking at love. Love that God has for us, our call to love God back, loving others around us, loving those within the family of God, love for family, and love for the, the outsiders. You know, those people. And how we love those people? As Jesus talked about loving your enemies. How how is it that we love those people? Last week we tried to talk about it, and maybe hopefully I hope you found it surprisingly difficult to think about the love of God. It's something that we talk a lot about, we oftentimes sing about, but we often don't know a lot about it. When we read the scriptures, oftentimes the ideas the scriptures give us challenge us about what God's love is and make us think about it in a different way. What is God's love like? The danger for us, I think, in our lives is this: is that we we think about how we love people, maybe love our kids or love uh, our spouse or love friends, and we think, "Well, God's love is like that love, but it's just a little bit better, a little bit higher." And so that's the natural thing to do because we we don't have any other way to think about it, love than to think about we want. But oftentimes we can get that all wrong. We start to attribute to God different ways that we love than, to be honest, he doesn't love in that way. Or that isn't love. Him. Sometimes we think it's love, and it's not. It's really about us, and selfishness, and not about the other person, or about God. And so when God relates to us and teaches us about love, there is a bit of a challenge. He has to teach us about love in a way that we can relate to. I mean, if God gave us, an, um, let's say, a magic way, it's not to do it this way, but a math equation of love. I know about a certain percentage of people, including myself, say, I don't have any idea what all this plus minus is, whatever it means. Now, Peter was a man, uh, uh, student in uh, university. He probably could make sense of it. The rest of us would go, or some of us would go. Doesn't you have to relate to something, don't you? To be able to understand. If someone were to come from a country that had never seen snow, and you tried to describe snow to them, they would go, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. And then on that first day, of smoke, they'd go, oh, now I know what you need. And love is the same way. And so God tells us lots of different ways that he loves us so that we can grasp it. He gives us lots of images. And oftentimes he takes those images and then he stretches us beyond those images to, to more Go further than just what the image is. For example, God, the scriptures say quite often that God relates to us like a father to a child. And the great thing about that is all of us have fathers, right? You know, at some point, most of us know our father. And so we have a, a concept, an idea. To that. But the other side is all of our fathers are important. Father. Some of our fathers. And so when we hear that God is a father to us, it, it helps, and sometimes it hurts. It makes it harder. And so God, I think, is saying to us, I respond to you as a father, but not like your broken father. You know that that father didn't do everything right, and because you know that he didn't do everything right, you have a sense of what is right. And I am the father who is right and better than can. Who cared about you all Who knew what your needs were and met those needs at every moment. Who knew when to be tough and to be hard. That's the kind of Father I am. So God gives us these ideas, but we have to be careful because sometimes, like the concept of the Father, ours is not very good. Or sometimes we think about ourselves and we say, well, God's like me as a Father, and yeah, but He's, a thing. He's more. Okay. So, last week in 1 John, we, we looked at when we experienced God's love. We talked about two things that, that happen to us as we experience the love of God. The first is this: is that fear or terror, absolute terror of who God is, disappears. And that terror is there because we know that we're going to be wrong to God. That we've said to God, I don't want anything to do with you, different times in our life. And we know that appropriately God is going to come and judge us. And the great thing, as it says, When we experience the love of God, when we realize that love towards us, even though we said, I don't want anything to do with in fact I'm going to live the opposite of how you want. And when we experience his love, I fear and fear, not so right. Romans 8 tells us this it says Now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. God doesn't have us. Even though that judgment would be appropriate, he would be right. If God judged us, we would say, How He doesn't come to us in that In Christ. <laughs> Romans 5 says this As We are told that we have peace with God because we know how dearly God loves us. Because he has given his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his heart. love. <laughs> we have peace with God because he comes in and says, You're a And you know the feeling. Of being loved deeply and and deeply free. It's amazing that in small is the love of God for us. The second thing we talked about last week is because the trust. A trust is created between us and God, and so as we experience God's love, we start to trust Him. We find security in that love. We're allowed to relax and be ourselves, and we can entrust ourselves to God's leading and God's direction, even when things in life don't turn out like we're We end up being able to trust Him like, to be honest, we could never really trust Him. That's what happens when the love of God comes into our lives and as it grows and as we realize how deeply and wonderfully He loves us. And I want to add to that some other ways that God's love is revealed to us. Three ways that we experience that love. The, The first one is... Uh, found in the passage that was read, John 3, 16, (coughs) and it says that God's expression of his love is through giving us the You know, this happens to you, I'm sure it's happened to me, when you love someone, I'm not by the way of a big gift giver or a big white that or not. but you know what, when you find someone you love, and you're looking around, you just go to the grocery store, you see something, oh, he'll find that, and what do you do? You have to go, oh, that's good Oh, it's five-year-old. Like, you buy it. And you say, this isn't a whole lot, is it? But, but I, I just had to buy it for you. Why? Because you love, and so you give. See, love doesn't just stay in a box, stand in a bottle and say, it's nice and David. Love is active. Love isn't the word, it's an action. It's a movement. It's a gift. And so, in this passage, it says that God gave. John three sixteen probably the passage that is most known by most people and probably for most people represents if they believe in God what they believe in them, that God still loved that. Gave. God gave Jesus for us to know and believe in. He gave us eternal life with Him through Jesus Christ that we could live forever and have life as full and rich the way it has been. He gave a way for us to be rescued from sin, from ourselves, from others, and from death. I just mentioned three huge, or four huge things. From the bondage of having to do what we know is wrong. From death that drags our lives through. From other people who may love us and care about us, but oftentimes may be destructive. He gave us a way to escape from the judgment that we've earned. He gave us a way to escape from the love of evil, the love of doing wrong, so that we can have the love of doing what's right. The love that after we do this thing, we love doing right so much that we go, man, I'm so glad I got to do that. As opposed to, you know, those other loves that we do, and we go later on, Evil. And it talks about this passage that, you know, we run away from the light of God's love. Why? Because we know that what we've done is wrong. The way we move is evil. And God says, but when you know the love of God in Christ, and then he knows who you are, and you can hide. And then you can come out into the light, And you can let that love wash over you and free you. If you like and send in a That's love. Love gives. And when God loves, He gives amazingly and abundantly and powerfully in a way that is intended to transform us. And God gives to everyone, every person on the face of the earth, life, breath, the ability to do something wonderful and positive with their life. It talks about the scriptures that God gives rain to the good to the people. Do. Well, it doesn't make a difference who you are. God helps you to be able live and make a living. And every good thing that you and I experience on this earth, God gave everything. That's amazing. That's not the way we think. We often think about what we did or what someone else gave us or, or how we were able to do something incredible and wonderful. Of course, that may be true, but who gave us the ability to do Who gave us the ability to think that way? It was God. Everything that is good is a gift. That is His love expressed in action towards us. God so loved the world that He gave In other words, God's nature is such that. He loves not based on the worth or the value or the obedience of the object that he loves or the person he loves. He loves because that is his nature. Now you and I, we're different, right? we, we love for the most part because we should, or because we get something out of it. Our love is always almost always a responsive love. And if someone doesn't do something loving to us, we, what do we do? Well, of course we do what the Bible says we love them right there. No, maybe we don't always do that. The natural thing we do is you don't love me. Okay, I'll give you some of your not love back with a little bit of interest, a little bit more, and don't worry, we'll talk about that. But that's not God, and that's where His love is different. His love is always good. Usually, we love because we're loved, but that's not the way God works. And it is an incredible mystery to us. Why God doesn't have everybody. God's so loving The second thing is this is that God's love is experienced in his plan for his people. God has a plan. And that plan is, is, is his love expressed. I want to give you an illustration. This summer we were invited to a birthday party for a friend. Um, the invitations uh, shockingly to me went out six months in advance. Okay? Um, uh, every detail was planned to enhance the experience of the person being celebrated from, from the singing, from the music, from the food, everything. It, it, was, it was truly an amazing thing to be a part of. Um, every thought, every effort, every communication, every coordination was about love so that that person could be celebrated, could feel loved. Why did that person go to all that effort to, to do all of these things for this part of this one reason. Because they love. And they want that person to know how valuable they are and how loved they are. And so they planned and they worked and they schemed and they made all kinds of calls and they fixed all kinds of problems so that love could be shown. Before anything was, <coughs> God has been preparing and planning to show us His love. Listen to this from Ephesians chapter 4. To everyone, verses 4 and 5. It says, Even before God made the world, He loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us as His own family, to bring us to Himself through Jesus Christ. This is what He wanted to do, and it gave Him great Before anything was, God had planned together In such a way to give us the greatest gift that we could ever have. Himself. And that's what He's done with us. He plans to make us a part of His to bless us. God takes what could be a fairly meaningless life, of tasks and things, and yet He invites us into His family, into His work, into His mission, and ultimately, his the life of everlasting I love the way that Eugene Peterson brings this down to the, the everyday living of life. He talks about the fact that before you ever wake up in the morning, God has been at work. Planning and preparing your day. Preparing the people that you're going to interact with. Preparing the people you're going to see. The challenges you're going to face. The successes you're going to have. He prepares all those things. And then you wake up and I wake up and we walk through what God has planned. Some of the things we do well... But there's some of the things we don't do well. We make a few messes. We break a few things. We have some great opportunities. And as the day goes on, we get tired and tired. We get a little grumpy. And, and God is with us at every step through that day, through each of our lives. And then we fall over at the bed. And we go, oh, well, it wasn't exactly right. I those of you who know God is a part of fixing, restoring prepare the next day and so that we can live in such a way that fixes some of those things that repairs some things that has us. God is before us. He's after us. He's with us in everything we can do. God is always initiating. And all we are ever doing can be very honest to yourself. See, we think we're playing. We think we're getting up to the okay, It wasn't strategy for today. And that's what we think. That's what we see. But it reminds us that that's not what God, God has planned, long in advance for you, but also for his plans and his purposes for you. And he did it in love. We respond to that love. God plans for us as it. Works. The last thing, the last passage I want to, um, or the last thing I want to talk about is God's love is expressed in his care and his discipline. fact that God cares for people is written from the, from the first page of the Bible to the last. And on every page in between you can see his care for people. The clearest view of that is the life of Jesus. He meets people and their physical needs. Needs for healing. Needs for food. Sometimes needs for life. Needs for meaning. He meets people's emotional needs. He rebukes at times, he lo- he gives a loving touch to someone who the world and the people will not touch. He gives words of freedom and acceptance, words of forgiveness and love, and he meets people's spiritual needs. He forgives them, he restores them to God, and he gives their life purpose. See, Jesus is living out the love of God. And Jesus says these words as he is doing these things so that people can know where is this coming from. He says, I only do and say what I see the Father doing and saying. Jesus is the Father at work. You want to see the love of God, it is pure strength. At work on earth, you look at Jesus. You. you read the Gospels. And you say that's not just love for them, but that love is also translated into my life. You know, one of the other hard parts about this care is that the other side of care is not the opposite of discipline. God oftentimes disciplines us so that we can experience his love. Love and discipline are not. Not not necessarily different things. I want to read you a passage from Hebrews chapter 5, or Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 to 11. It says this And have you forgotten the encouragement, the encouraging words that God spoke to his children? He said, My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline, and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure the divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as His own children. Who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by His, by his Father? If God doesn't discipline you he does, as He does all of His children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really child, children at all. Since we respect our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of, of, of the Father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they do now, but God's discipline is always good for us, <coughs> that we might share His <coughs> fullness. No discipline is terrible, while it happens. It's painful. But afterward there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in His Word. It's a great passage, but discipline is never fun. <coughs> Even if you can look back later on, I think oftentimes we can look back and say, I did that. It's never fun. But discipline is not about punishment. It's about creating someone beautiful. It's about bringing out the beauty that God made in us and becoming people he's called for us to be. It's interesting this passage talks about word discipline so that we can share in God's holiness or God's promise. 100%. God doesn't say, "I'm just kind of angry." He's letting all It's purposeful. It's caring. It's restoring. It's remaking. Discipline Jesus doesn't live right and well. To live life as God made me, it so it's good for God. It's good for us, and it's good for others when we get disciplined. But, but the Scripture is very clear: it's never enjoyable. The good news is that, that that we are called by God to know His care, to know His love, and also to live in His discipline. It's never a side to know that we need to be reshaped, but it's wonderful that when God reshapes us, He brings a loving hand to make us a the people He wants. I want to give you a last thought as you hopefully think about these things today: the love of God for us. It seems to me that in light of all this, that we can be very confident from what God's Word says that God loves us no matter what situation we're in, no matter what we're doing, and no matter what we believe. That's true. That's true. As with all love, it is received or rejected. When we say yes to love, then we say yes to the one who is welcome. And when we say no to woman, we say no the one who loved us. But we don't change the fact that we are loved. But oftentimes we do shut out the experience of God's love. The saddest kind of love is the love that is given, but is never, not received. The love that is, is given, but is not received. All around us, in the past, in the present moment, in the future, God's love is there. Just as God is there. Will we embrace that love? Will we deny that love? Will we ignore it? But nothing is more real. Nothing is more lasting, Nothing is more satisfying. Nothing is more necessary to our lives. Than the love of God. And that love is right here. Right now. When you need, that love walks with you. And when you hit the worst moment of your life, that love surrounds you raise your greatest it's you. Father, it is such a strange thing that our our lives and our lives we long to be known. long to be known and loved for who we are. And yet you come and you say to us that I love you that way, and so often we push you away. But that love that we long for is also sometimes the love that we're in. Thank you that as we experience your love, it takes that through. Thank you that it transforms us. Thank you that it gives again and again. We'll Thank you that you and it disciplines us and shapes us. So that we can have the lives that we intended to, that we long for, and that you promised long in advance before there was anything that you have So let us rest in your love, let us live in your love, let us walk in love, God.